episode. We're going to cover and talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode five. I'm your host, Anthony. Thank you for tuning in to the Culture Jack podcast. I appreciate you guys stopping by. As you probably know at this point, if you've been listening to the podcast or maybe you're a new listener, we uh, cover several uh, shows and are anticipating covering uh, several into the future. We did on this episode with WandaVision, we're covering the Falcon Winter Soldier, we're going to be covering Loki and much, much more. We also have several other episodes available here on the Culture Jack podcast, so make sure and hit the follow and subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to we've got an epic episode to dive into today uh yeah wow super excited i uh was out on a out on a work mission there or a uh a, a visit of sorts and uh got home watched the episode and was very excited to do so and a funny thing to kind of address this up front was As the uh, uh, episode started, the first thing that came to my mind was, fuck, this is only going to be 30 minutes. We got this and one more episode and there's got it's got to cover so much. So if you guys have not caught up on the winter, the Falcon Winter Soldier, there's going to be a lot of spoilers I'm going to be talking about. So you're going to want to maybe catch this episode later unless you want to listen to this first and have me uh, kind of blow all the surprises for you, whatever works. Anyways, um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just starting it. In fact, I think I got through the, uh, on the previous episode, little uh, startup of the episode, and I'm like, man, there's this is episode five. I hope this is long, and I was very surprised. This episode had a runtime, I believe, what I read on the internet was 61 minutes. This is like a short movie not a regular episode, which was needed and appreciated um, on how they told the story. Because as I explain this and as I talk through some of the points on this, there's a couple of lulls um, in the uh, show that I was like, man, they can't just end. And it kept going and, and they can't just end and it keeps going. And I say that because of the way that they intertwined Uh, some of the segments and I'll explain further here in a few moments, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the length and the way that they did this episode, because again, I was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, yeah, let's just dive into it. So as you guys know, John Walker on episode four, the end of it, he, uh, shielded a man to death so captain america aka john walker ultimately ended a flag smasher's life with the captain america shield thus leading you right into the start of this episode where you knew that obviously uh sam or the falcon and bucky um or white wolf or the winter soldier or whatever you want to call him had to address John Walker, because he essentially just publicly murdered someone. Well, that's how we kick this episode off. There's an epic fight scene between them. Um, I like how they did it. The choreography on it was really cool. Uh, the the fight and the sequence was good. I I was on the fence a little bit after watching it because it's like, I get why uh, the Falcon would have some problems because he's not, he doesn't have the super serum or any of that. 
Um, and then I did start appreciating the way that they were doing kind of Bucky because at first it was like, Bucky shouldn't just get his ass kicked by Captain America. Granted, yeah, Captain Mer or uh, John Walker, excuse me. John Walker's a highly trained soldier, blah, blah, blah. But Bucky's been doing this like a hundred years. He's a super soldier. He's killed a lot of people. He's been put into a lot of crazy situations. So at minimum, Bucky should be, in my opinion, a pretty fair opponent for John Walker via hand-to-hand -hand combat. And he's got that badass arm. So um, we did see the arm malfunction and, and what have you. So long story short, Falcon gets his wings ripped off they retrieve the shield that's what the whole the whole situation was about ultimately was sam and bucky were addressing john walker saying hey man you gotta we, we gotta get this situation squared away here we need the shield you need to go get reprimanded for your actions and your activities that you just did and uh john wasn't gonna just go that route he was ready to move on to the next thing i had to do what i had to do and it resulted in ultimately everybody getting beat up, the Falcons' wings getting tore off, and uh, yeah, uh, there was the the way that they did it was pretty cool though too because there was resentment from Bucky towards Sam because there was moments there where you could tell, in the way that they kind of set it to where he was pissed because Sam gave the shield away and he thought that. And you could tell that he thought that the reason that this whole situation arose was because of Sam giving the shield to the Smithsonian, which then handed it over to uh, John Walker. Anyways, everybody kind of goes their way and some of the story unfolds. I don't want to go too far into that um, other than we see the u.s government step or I, I shouldn't say the u.s government the the federal government or or the army or the military or what, what have you kind of steps in and, and closes this whole thing down and which prevents them from kind of pursuing uh where they're going to go next now we, we, which is pretty cool because it's not like these guys are avengers anymore it's not like there's some special superhero team there's not the shield at this point they don't have i mean they're they're kind of subcontractors kind of doing this at at their own will they're quasi vigilantes but on the good side or that's that's what the public believes and they essentially get shut out by the military which again i feel like that was a that was a good point um battlestar is dead i i didn't think he was gonna die um i personally thought that uh he was going to come back, but uh, everybody has to kind of face their demons in this one. And that's really where where the show led me anyways, was the Falcon was like, all right, I got to fucking step back. Carly uh, Morgenthau is out doing what she's doing, and there's no real trace of, of where or what what's going on. They don't have any leads to where she is or what she's doing. Um. And John Walker, we don't know where he goes off to at the time. And then and then Bucky and uh, Sam kind of go in their own direction. So picking the story up and this is this is where some of the concern came in was like all of that happened within the first few moments. And then the way that it really told the story in this episode, like it really did. Sam calls the sisters like, hey, I'm coming back home again. Bucky kind of disappears and uh, John Walker's doing his thing. So. Uh, we get to see 
we we get to see Bucky return to Isaiah Bradley because I was kind of on his quest home to better understand the shield because that fight and the sequences that led to the fight, which was John Walker ultimately murdering someone with the shield and seeing what can happen. Um, and then briefly being introduced to Isaiah Bradley earlier really created this conflict of like, is it the shield? Is it the person? What happened? And and why am I here uh, with, with being a, a, uh, a black superhero or an African-American superhero. And it's, it's kind of a controversial uh, thing, but what I, I like how they tell the story in this. I like how, how he goes back to him. Um, and then they tell their, or Isaiah Bradley tells his story and it's uh, to some degree, one's one sided uh, and very pointed at Steve Rogers. But as he tells the story, I don't think it's more on the Steve Rogers side. I think it was more on the U S government side. And that's where I believe that um, Sam was trying to just understand what happened. And through that, Isaiah Bradley explains that, you know, they experimented on a bunch of us. Uh, A lot of us died. A lot of us got fucked up from the serum. And then a bunch of them got captured in a POW camp. It came down to the government was just going to blow up the camp uh, to get rid of the evidence that they were testing on, on these folks and all of this. And he elected to go and go and save these guys. And as a result of that, and then I guess some of the guys died, it was kind of loosely, loosely explained there. But as a result of him saving his counterparts that had been tested on um, that were taken taken hostage um, and then saving them all the the government elected to, Hey, we, we got to bury this. We got to hide this. We got to make uh make this like it never happened because we don't want to put it out there. Like we were testing on um, African-American soldiers and, and all of this. And you're like, Holy shit, this is crazy. So they put him in jail. They essentially deleted him, put him in jail. And then as he explains, a nurse helped him, uh, the nurse essentially killed him on paper, got him out. And then as he got out, he discovered that they were preventing his wife who had passed during his time in prison letters. And he had photos and all of this and quite a bit of dialogue between him and Sam. Uh, but it was very impactful and important dialogue because I believe that it took two stances, um, one being the Falcon and one being um, somebody that was extremely mistreated, uh, that got dealt a shitty hand, that was put into a several situations um, that it didn't fare out right, and it wasn't right, and it isn't right. However, it influenced his dialogue towards Sam, which impacted him, and Sam had the opportunity to discuss that dialogue and to better understand. So, while he is faced with a similar situation on do I step up and do this? Because this is not, um, this is, or this is a controversial situation. And so he kind of faced his own demons there with having the dialogue and, and, and bringing that back in. I thought it was cool that they brought it back in. I felt like he's addressing his own inner demons and that's how he does it. So 
as that concludes, he obviously heads back to his sister's house and uh, starts spending some quality time, uh, starts working back on the boat. Um, they have a, a very short conversation about, you know, the, what had happened with Isaiah Bradley and, and what have you. And it, I think rekindled the fire that like, dude, you are enough. You, you are what the people want. Um, don't let what has happened impact what you want to do and the, the greatness that you can become. I mean, that's what I took from it. And you can see that spark start to kindle into the fire as he's back home and he starts to rebuild that. Now, with all of that being said, we've got Bucky who needs to go find. And in some of this, again, I'm not, I'm not doing the show verbatim. Um, but we've got Bucky who obviously we all knew that he was going to get back with Zemo uh, because they, he had to, because he disappeared. The skirmish happened. Uh, the, um, let me, let me look at this because I'm going to mess this up. There's so many, there's so many intricate parts with this. The, the Dora Milaje was after him. He disappeared. We hadn't seen him since, which was, I think, some, something like three quarters of the way through the fourth episode. Um, so we get Baron Zemo. We get uh, Bucky standing at a lake, and he's like, I expected you sooner. And he's like, well... <laughs> It is what it is kind of situation. They have some dialogue and Zemo essentially warns him and tells him, look, Carly is not coming back. You know, the Falcon was wrong. Sam was wrong. She's not recoverable. She's building something that's going to destroy a lot of things. And then they go back and forth. Bucky's still pissed, pulls a gun out, pulls the trigger, empty rounds, drops the, drops the bullets under the ground. The Dora Milaje takes him, and uh, that kind of wraps. And what's cool about this, too, that kind of wrapped it, wrapped, as far as I'm concerned, the Baron Zemo story for this run of the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So Zemo is now out of the picture. Uh, Bucky has a little bit of closure per the conversations that they've had. And again, neither the Falcon or Bucky have any leads. Bucky decides to go over. Well, actually, let me step back here. Bucky asks the Dormology, hey, I need I need another favor. You don't know what the favor is. He uh, ends up going over to um, Sam's, you know, how or well, it really wasn't his house. He, was, he went to the docks where the boats are. Then they start to rekindle this relationship. And it, it's very interesting on how they elect to do this. And this is, these are the segments of the show where I was sitting there like normal, normal show. I'm going to run, we're going to run out of time. And there's so much that still needs to be told because nothing else has been set up. We hit end roads with so much not addressed. And this is where I was getting concerned. Like I hope this episode is long because we don't know anything at this point with Carly. We got nothing on the power broker. Uh, we don't know anything about John Walker. We don't know. We don't know so much. And it's just wide open at this point, other than uh, the differences finally came out um, or or I guess some of the emotion kind of came out in the beginning of this uh, between Sam and Bucky because of Captain America more so than really even John Walker. 
um, and holding and what the what the shield meant and what the status meant and what what doing the right thing meant was challenged. They dissipated. They essentially split their ways and now they're coming back, start working together. And there's a lot of there, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of soft scenes. I felt like where they're working on machines together. They're talking. Bucky's going to go. Now he's not going to go. Um, but they're rebuilding their relationship as friends, really. And it, it's pretty it's pretty darn cool all the way. And it kind of the story kind of unfolds and builds up to a point of you could see Sam is building the confidence to be the man that he wants to be, to be the Captain America, to be or take that role or or his version of that role. Um, Bucky's still trying to let go of a lot of the past aggressions and, and a lot of the dynamic. And, he, and, he, and they both talk about it, which was interesting, too, to where Bucky's talking about, you know, Steve was my only friend and the shield meant so much and you fucking gave it away and, and back and forth um, all the way up to training with the shield. Now, I'm sure, again, I probably got some of this. Uh, some of this is probably out of sort as far as the timeline goes. But let's dive into a couple of the other segments here so we can make sure and cover our bases. This this was a great episode, and I can't tell you how much I appreciated the slow roll on the story so they could actually hit this. They really, in my opinion, in this story, they were really... Um, key on developing specific aspects of the story uh, to go back and to go to ultimately to address some of the things in the past episodes and then to create the story, um, the individual story for the future episode. So we obviously had a scene with John Walker where he was, it was his day of judgment. The uh, government council essentially told him, hey, you know what, for your crimes, you're this, this, and they went down the line, they went down a laundry list. Uh, you know, your actions were inexcusable. You're essentially going to be demoted without rank. Um, you're no longer going to be Captain America. You're no longer going to be a part of the U.S. government. You're no longer going to get your benefits. You're no longer going to get your this. You're no longer going to get you that. And you could see him. He tries to interrupt a couple of times. And then finally, in the end, while he's while he's addressing his superior officers or former superior officers, he's got pews full of people. This dude is building up some fucking aggression and he lets loose. He's like, I had to do what I had to do. You guys built me. You created me. I did as I was told. Um, his arm was still in a sling from uh, the battle uh, in the beginning of the episode. Um, and ultimately, he fucking walks out. Now, in the pews, you get uh, several scenes where you see his wife, which you're finally introduced to, and they're sitting out on the bench, and he still is confused because he's like, no, I did what I was supposed to do, and this is the result, the impact of me doing what I was supposed to do. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's his beliefs and to his right. Uh, a very, a very cool scene happens as they're sitting on the bench together or on the pew right out front of the right out front of the courtroom, you get the clacking of heels and then you get some, you get to see the heels and it's like, I like how they did it. It was a very pompous or kind of a snarky cut in of this character. And, I, and then of course, when you get to see the character, it is absolutely amazing. So 
at this point, character comes up, and it's funny how they do it. Like I said, you get the clack, 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 and you see her, you see her nice, nice uh, shoes. And then it does the drop, and we get Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, an incredible actress. I'm a huge fan of her work. Uh, most recently, her uh, performance in Veep. If you haven't seen that, that's a great show. Anyways, we get we get Louis Louis uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. She's got blue streaks in her hair. Very, very uh, modern businesswoman ask, and she just goes right in. Doesn't let the wife talk. Very uh, silver tongued, and essentially propositions and explains. I know all the shit that you don't think I know. And uh, all I'm asking you for is to answer the phone when I call you because essentially we're interested. Gives the wife a, a card, white on one side, black on the other. And that's that's the way it is. So the character that Julia Lewis, Ju, uh, Julia Lewis Dreyfus was reprising or playing in this was Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. So it was a very brief scene. I'm going to explain what the comics have to say about her, but it was a very powerful, very fun, and very well done scene, in my opinion, um, because now we're getting some narrative and some direction of where can, where can John Walker go? Because if he's just lost all of his military credentials and he lost all of his resources, someone's got to someone's got to pony up because I don't believe the dude's just independently wealthy. He also has no real insight on underground connections or what have you, because shit, he was only captain America for a very short amount of time. Right. So, uh, Collider put together a real brief, who is Allegra de Fontaine in the comics So the character of the contesta, Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, which is the longest name ever, first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1967. She instantly made an impact. A member of the Italian jet set, she trained as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent when she came across director Nick Fury. The two fell in love. They were lovers for some time, and through most of the Marvel's uh, run, Fontaine was a S.H.I.E.L.D. ally. But in 2009 run of secret warriors it's revealed that fontaine is actually a russian mole who infiltrated shield in the arc we learn that hydra always controlled shield and fontaine becomes the villain madame hydra so uh there's also there's also some rumors of her being in uh the good old black widow as well but that's all we get from her so she propositioned him said hey I know all this shit. I know you don't have the shield. I know that this, and I know that that, and I know that this. I'm going to call you, answer the phone. And uh, that pretty much leaves us at the end road with John Walker for that moment. Now, we then, and again, I'm fucking these scenes up because I know there were some uh, some of the scenes kind of meshed together here, and so I'm just going to go into it anyways. We got a scene of Sharon Carter the mystery woman who helped these guys in the beginning and have somewhat helped them throughout. She's speaking to someone in French on her phone. And instantly I'm going to tell you what I thought, right? So you get a shot of Sharon Carter. It's got this cool panning shot with all these fucking crazy paintings. Um, very, very uh, 
very, very much a scene that you would see a villain in because the way that she just looked, the way that they positioned it, all these extravagant items and paintings and all of this stuff over to her. She's talking in um, French and says, uh, you know, hey, I will double your pay, blah, blah, blah. Instantly, the character that I thought it was in which we'll get to in a second was, oh, she's talking to Patrick the Leaper, uh, George GSP, the actor. He's French Canadian. This is uh, just a real native thing. We've seen him. He has his accent in the show. He didn't even try to get rid of it. He's spoken French before. And of course, <clears throat> uh, several scenes later, it goes, I believe it goes back to uh, some of the Bucky and the uh, Sam building this building back up. They're doing some of the shield, throwing the Captain American shield around. And uh, they kind of separate their, I, I believe now, maybe they don't separate their ways uh, quite yet. Anyways, we finally get to see Carly and she talks about, hey, we're ready. Actually, excuse me. There's a scene earlier with Carly where they go back to the uh, scenes that have been shot several times with her where the group of people have been and it essentially said the CR, CR, CRC or GRC uh, condemned the area. Everybody got removed and, and whatnot. And they're like, it's time that we we call on everybody. <clears throat> that was actually a scene earlier, so I'm going to just jump back in. Carly's next scene later in the show. <laughs> um, this is where you're like, oh, okay, so she's we know that whoever whatever's conspiring is going to come out relatively soon shows Carly on the bench with some of her henchmen and says, Hey, we got to, we we've got, it's time that we initiate this thing. It's time that we get moving on this uh, flag smash organization. And it shows a link on her phone with a bunch of people being activated. I'm assuming because people's phones start ringing, they start kind of standing up and then you get the beautiful voice of George St. Pierre, AKA Batrock. The Leaper uh, drops a very cool looking suitcase filled with very short scene. I don't know. I mean, I saw some like uh, fancy grenades and some weapons in there and uh, it's like, hey, here's your shit. This is uh, what what you guys wanted, I guess. And uh, she's like, well, you join us. No, I'm only here to kill the Falcon. So an interesting thing. Very interesting because. At this buildup of the uh, of the deal, a couple of things are now happening as opposed to in the beginning and really even in the middle, right? So let me run through this as quick as I can, and then we'll talk about the wrap of the episode, right? So we got John Walker has been essentially sidebarred from the U.S. military, 100%, no longer Captain America, got approached by Louis Dreyfus's new character. You know, we don't know if he's going to do anything or if he's going to accept the call or not, but that's the direction he's going in. Bucky and the Falcon have rekindled their friendship with uh, diving in a little bit. Bucky went and ended, uh, essentially ended the Zemo and, and Zemo's run and, and what his uh, help could have been and everything with uh, essentially having him arrested by the Wakanda Special Forces. And then we've got the Falcon, uh, Sam, who laid some of the unknowns with the Isaiah Ride, uh, Bradley situation and, and some of the personal demons, I feel like, uh, that were preventing him from doing things. 
they get back together. Sam also has addressed a lot of the home life stuff that we saw with fixing the boat. Both him and Bucky rebuild their relationship is really what was important and imperative. And they had a lot of open conversations on how to address things. And it leads us up to, okay, so these guys are essentially going to be a lot stronger if they're better aligned and the relationship is better. John Walker's out. We're not sure. Sharon Carter essentially hired Patrick the Leaper. Carly is fucking pissed. And uh, it's time to it's time to do something. So as mentioned, the buildup right toward the end, we got Patrick the Leaper saying, hey, I'm only here to kill the Falcon. Carly's getting the mob ready uh, to take on this GRC, this massive GRC event, and I believe in New York. And then we get to see some of the some of the New York events. Bucky and Sam kind of separate their ways and say, hey, listen, we're going to do this thing together. You get a couple of sequences of Sam training and working with the shield and doing all these cool acrobatic fight things. Um, but essentially, let's let's uh, do our thing. Bucky, after talking with Sam, has the new idea of instead of scratching these lists off with the people that, you know, did harm or did whatnot find the people that you did harm to and try to help them genuinely help them ask them what they need to close that gap and to hopefully end those nightmares you're having so again they kind of separate their ways but as the grc is gearing up for this humongous event uh which leads all of us to obviously believe that um that's that's where whatever's going to happen is going to happen in addition to that, we also discover that, uh, and I, I'm going to mess this, I can't remember the character's name, but Sam's military uh, buddy there who was in the beginning of the episode who he gave the Falcon's wings to um, tells him, hey, you know, we've been tracking these, uh, we've been tracking this thing, and we have discovered that every time there's this bleep or this blip on this thing because of this, or this frequency blip, uh, we get the blip and then an event happens and he shows them. And then the next blip was in New York. So that's kind of the lead up or the wrap up of the episode with the exception of the end credit. What a fucking amazing episode. I felt like, man, we were 30 minutes short of a full fucking movie. We're an hour short of a, uh, of a epic end movie. So if the final episode is 60 minutes or 90 minutes. Holy shit. That like these guys just knock down every wall possible because you know you get your 30 minute, 40 minute, 40 minute, 40 minute, 61 minute, 90 minute. If they do a 90 minute on the end, pull every tie it all together. Fucking A, man. Disney killed it. The winner, uh, the winner, the I don't I don't know why I keep saying that. The Falcon and Winter Soldier um characters, Anthony Mackey, Sebastian Stan, those guys, uh all of the supporting teams introducing all of these new characters and actors. Wow. They, the formula there worked incredible and I'm fucking stoked. So to end the episode, the end credit scene, John Walker's still around. He is fucking taking some medals off. He is uh, pounding some metal, doing a goofy welding job on some circles and is creating a shield. Now, Obviously, I'm not. I'm. Uh, they gave you no indicators. Is this a vibranium shield? Is this a just a metal shield? Whatever this is. Anyways, he looks pissed. Looks like he's gearing up for something, and we'll have to see where that goes. But good lord, what an episode! So a lot of speculation here. We still don't know who the power broker is. Is 
Sharon Carter, the power broker. Is that the angle? Because part of it leads me to believe that that's that's what's going on. We don't know why she wants to uh, mess with uh, the Falcon. Those two had um, a relationship, a professional relationship, even earlier in this season. I mean, without even going back to uh, past movies, they still appeared to have like the shit going together. Maybe, and I don't know, maybe it's a ploy for something else. Maybe it was a ploy to get Patrick to bring these people out. Maybe it was a ploy to um, expose some of this stuff, or maybe she's a believer that there cannot be a legitimate Captain America. We don't know at this time, but I do feel like um, with the Falcon and Winter Soldier, they just kind of got like a (laughs) one-up. They both are getting one-ups here as far as uh, um, their capabilities as individuals and their ability which then results in their abilities as super as uh, superheroes to some degree. Falcon kind of evolving um, and understanding things differently. And obviously now he's training with the shield. Doesn't have his wings as far as we know. He did open the box. We didn't get to see his new outfit. But if there's any indicator from the comics and some of the shit we've seen, it's the new white. And I think it's white, red, and blue. Or red, white, and blue. I don't know why I said it that way. Um really cool looking cost uh costume and we're not sure like i don't know if if he's got a new jetpack with wings i don't know how they're gonna do that we'll have to see in episode six which is coming next friday absolutely fucking oh so excited for it um that's it guys i mean i just ran through that whole thing the best that i could um we'll see we'll see what happens uh carly's gearing up a freaking army we've got so many conflicting or yeah conflicting uh sides here that that's that's what's also amazing because we got the falcon winter soldier side we've got the uh we've got the carly side with batrock so they kind of that's a dual threat we've got the falcon winter soldier dual threat and then we've got sharon carter which is the uh question mark question mark what the hell is she up to we've got uh john walker which is question mark question mark what is this dude up to um, as far as the show goes. And then now we've also got uh, Contessa Valentina Allegra D. Fontaine kind of thrown into the mix with John Walker. So that's a duel, a duo. Um, and then where's the power broker? What what do we got going on here? And is the, uh, is the Dora Milaje going to come back in to help Bucky and, and, uh, Sam, because they're going to need it because there's a lot going on. And that doesn't include like we don't know how many in total Flag Smashers there are. So that's it. That's what I got. What do you guys think? Episode five here on Culture Jack podcast. This was on this episode. I appreciate you guys listening to it. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in episode six? Drop a comment down below. We appreciate any type of comments. And as always, guys, here on the Culture Jack podcast, we got a lot more going on than just the O-T-E. We also have uh, the news desk on Thursdays with Archie. We've got the Friday show with Dustin. We've got Saturday O-T, which we just did. You just listened to it. Um, Sunday, we've got the Weekend Wire. And Monday, we've got Monday Madness. All available to you here on the Culture Jack podcast. We appreciate it if you share, like, comment, And, of course, rate us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. That's all I got, guys. Super excited to be talking to you next week. So until then, 
take care and we'll uh, talk to you.